0: Welcome to Step Up to the Plate, the program designed to unleash your potential by accessing your subconscious mind. We are in the midst of a three-part lecture series called Subconscious Success. This is the third part in the series called Unblocking the Subconscious Mind. In Lecture 1 and 2, we introduced you to your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Now, what happens when there are blocks, there are coverings, there are layers blocking your access to your subconscious mind? Today we're going to learn how to access those blocks, unleash your potential by releasing those blocks, healing those blocks, and allowing you to access your true inner potential, your inner infinite potential by accessing your true subconscious mind, finding the answers to your questions, and then activating them. In order to clear away the block to your subconscious mind, we have to go into our subconscious soul state first, and then identify the positive traits, the positive inner subconscious mind, and then find where is the block which is blocking access to it. Let's have a review now of accessing the subconscious mind. We breathe and relax, and go into your relaxed, calm, serene state as we did in Lecture 2 of this series. Then we imagine a beautiful place we've been to in our life, the Swiss Alps, the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, a beautiful meadow, a beach, the orchard, and you go there in your mind and you access the beautiful feeling that being in that place engendered. It could be a feeling of calm, serenity, oneness, empowerment, freedom, liberation, relaxation, peace and you access that peaceful feeling within yourself by looking inside yourself to find where does the swiss alps reside in yourself where within yourself does the niagara falls self reside what do i mean by having niagara falls reside in yourself i mean the feeling that the niagara falls place evokes within yourself that peaceful place that relaxation place there is a headquarters of that place within your subconscious mind. It's a spiritual place, it's a wonderful feeling, it's a warm, positive feeling about yourself, and that resides somewhere in your body. Of course, it's a spiritual place, it's an emotional place, it's a psychological place, but it is always associated with a place within your body. It could be in your eyes, it could be in your heart, it could be in your sternum, it could be in your stomach, It's a sense of warmth, it's a sense of light, it's a sense of well-being, and it travels everywhere within your being. Watch it, experience it, see it traveling everywhere within your being, and then experience being in that state. Now, if you look very carefully, if you intuit yourself very carefully, if you introspect very carefully... You'll find that there is one place within your being that the soul state does not want to enter. It's a rigid place. It's a dark place. It's a blocked place. It's a black place. It's a painful place. It's an emotional place. It's a rigid place within yourself where the soft self, the kind self, the warm self, the free self does not want to enter. Look for that place. Look for the pain. You know this pain. This is the block blocking your access to your soul state. Where is that place? Is it in your hands, your mind, your eyes, your sternum, your heart, your stomach? Where is this place? Don't be surprised if you find that this place is in exactly the same place as is the headquarters of your soul state. If you said that your soul state, your Niagara Falls place, was your heart, and you're also saying that this is the heart place where my block is, then you are hitting on the right place. Because very often, if not always, the block is always in the same place as the soul state place is. So let's say the soul place is in your heart. Then in the very same place, in the liberation place, in the freedom place, there is a blemish. There is a block. There is a rigidity. There is a pain in your heart as well coming from the block accessing the Soul Place. This is the rigidity, this is the pain. In your Soul Place, let's say you have a feeling of love, energy, and in the same Soul Place you have a place of pain and lack of love. This is the contrariness, this is the opposite effect of the Soul State Place. We need to come to terms with, become one with, understand, grapple with, and meet that Soul Place That painful place, that rigid place, that dark place, in order to heal the block, remove the block, and give once again access to your soul place. Now, this pain, this rigidity, is an emotional pain. It's a psychological pain. It's a pain which is embodied in your body. It's entangled, it's enmeshed, it's intertwined with a piece of your body in your heart, or in your stomach, or in your mind, or your eyes, or your hands. It's enmeshed in you, but it really is a psychological place which has found its way into your bones, into your muscles, into your tissues where it hurts. And this emotional pain becomes a physical pain. This rigidity, this pain, this emotional pain has found its way and has intertwined itself and enmeshed itself within your being, within your body, within your tissues, within your muscles, within your physical self. It gives you physical pain, not only emotional pain. It gives you a sense of despair, of emotional trauma, of difficulty. You feel a pit in your stomach, a pit in your heart. It hurts you. It plagues you. You think about this pain. This is the block. This is what we need to access, clear away, and heal. And this is how we're going to do it. I want you to focus on this pain. Become aware of it. See it in your soul state place. See it as a block to your soul state place. And now I want you to see yourself getting younger. This is called regression therapy. I want you to see yourself getting younger. If you are 30, become now 29, 28, 25. If you are 45, become 42, 40, 38. See yourself getting younger. See yourself getting younger in age. See your body getting smaller, younger, more immature, more juvenile. See yourself going backwards in time. If you're 25, now you see yourself as 23. You're in 20. You're 18. You're 16 in high school. You're 14 in high school. You're 13. You're 12 in middle school. You're 10. You're 8 years old. 6 years old. Four years old, see yourself going back in time, getting younger and younger, and see a younger version of yourself. Now search your memory and go back to a time where you first experienced this pain. It may not be possible to find the first time you experienced the pain, but I want you to find a time, a specific time, an event where you're with people in a particular place and time where you experienced once before this particular pain, I want you to describe for me or for yourself this particular place and time and people, this event, this scenario. Was it in a classroom? Was it at home? In your living room? In your dining room? In your room? Where was it? When was it? Who was there? You're there now. I want you not to remember it. I want you to be there. Put yourself there at that age. You're 5, you're 8, you're 12, you're 15. Go there. Be there in the moment. See the people talking to you, interacting with you, or you're overhearing in conversation. Be there in the moment. Look at the sights. Look at the sounds. Look at the experience. Look at the environment. Look at the people's faces. Hear the sounds. Put yourself back into the same emotional state you were in then. It's not very hard to go to this place because the emotional status of a person is ageless. Your soul state is ageless. If you're 50, you can remember it when you were five, because it's the same soul state, it's the same block, it's the same pain experienced by your soul state, only when you were younger, and the soul is ageless. It was as if it was yesterday, because your emotional state, your psychological state, your soul state has no age. It experienced pain yesterday. It's as fresh as it was 25 years ago. Now, I can imagine a number of scenarios. Your parents are arguing and you're listening in. A teacher is berating you. Other children in school are bullying you. A grandparent is making fun of you. A teacher is embarrassing you in front of the other class members. Something is happening. You are not picked by your teammates. You're picked last and say, oh, we'll take him. Something is happening, a scenario is happening, which is giving you emotional, psychological pain. It is placed somewhere in your body. You enmesh it. You entangle it. It finds its way. It weaves its way within your body, and it gives you a particular despairing feeling in your heart, your mind, your stomach, your sternum, your hands, your eyes. You feel that emotional pain within you. This is the block. Now... As you are experiencing this pain, you're feeling the despairing feeling in your heart. You look up. There's a presence there. You look carefully at that person and that person looks very familiar to you. That person looks like you, only older. The person says, Hi, I'm you, only older. I'm an older version of you and I saw you in pain, in difficulty, in despair, and I asked special permission to go back to talk to you. And they said, of course, the child's in pain. Go back and talk to him. And I see you're having a difficult time. Talk to that child. Speak to that child. Look at him. Look at her. Sit down on the bed next to her, on the floor next to him, sit down in the classroom, on the desk. Everyone else is freeze-framed. Nobody else moves. Just you, your older self, and your younger self are coming face to face with each other. And you look at this young person and you say to him or her, you know, I see you're having a tough time. It's very difficult for you right now. And I reach out to you. I feel your pain. I know your pain because I am you, only older. And I know this pain very well. And I've lived with this pain for a long, long time. And I have a very special, important message to share with you. And this is what it is. And now, go ahead and tell the child the special message he needs to know or she needs to know. Tell him or her what the real deal is. This person who is hurting your feelings is not doing things properly. This person is hurting you. This person is abusing you. This person is screaming at you, but it's not true. The abuse, the screaming, the yelling, the negativity, the criticism is not true. You're okay. You're good. You're a good person. You're a good girl. You're a good boy. You're a kind person. You're a valuable person. Tell the person his or her highest attribute. You know that attribute because that's your soul state. It's always been your attribute. It has been your highest attribute all along. It's been your kindness, your compassion, your goodness, your truthfulness. This is the real you, and I know the real you. But this person who is mistreating you right now does not know the real you. Of course, the person is close to you. It's your parent, your grandparent, a teacher, a friend. But nevertheless, that person does not know you, but I know you. I understand you. I am here for you. I will be here for you, and you take that child in your arms, hold the child, embrace the child, nurture the child, embrace the child with your arms and experience love. Give that child love, give that child healing, give that child nurturing. What is the child doing? Is the child crying, leaning his or her head on your shoulder, accepting what you say? If the child does not accept it and says to you, well, what do I do now? I mean, you understand it, but this person I have to live with for the next 30 years, you're 35, I'm seven, I have to live for the next 28 years with this pain. How am I going to do that? You say back, since I know your pain and no one has been there to understand your pain, not your mother, not your father, not your teacher, not your grandmother, I know your pain. I know your despair. I know the depth of how you're feeling, and I am going to be here for you. And you can go back to that child any time that child is experiencing pain and hug that child, embrace the child, understand the child's emotional state. This is the process of healing the emotional despair and pain of that child. It's called healing the inner child. So whenever the child is feeling put upon, criticized, negative, embarrassed, hurt, let the child speak to you and you speak to the child and say, oh, I know what you're feeling. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling embarrassed. You're feeling despairing. You're feeling emotionally abandoned. And I am here for you. And you need to know as an adult, the triggers that are happening in your life now are reawakening the pain from your past. This is called the unfinished business of your past. This happens in marriage. This happens in the workplace. This happens at home. This happens with parents and children. That child's emotional state is controlling you because that child's emotional pain and despair have never been healed, have never been given attention to, have never been hugged because they have never been understood. People around that person perhaps took care of them financially, gave them an education, gave them a home, a roof over their head, clothing, but they were not there for them emotionally. And because of that, the emotional state, the subconscious mind of that child formed an opinion of himself or herself that she was not valuable. She was not good. She was bad. She was unacceptable. She was unworthy, valueless, and that is causing the pain. That's causing the pain in the subconscious mind. That's the block. That's the pain. That's the despair. That's the source of the anxiety. That's the source of the depression. That's the source of being abandoned and not understood. And there's only one person who can heal that pain. You can go to psychologists. You can go to doctors. You can go to healers. But the only thing they'll do is help you heal yourself. And that's what psychologists and psychotherapists and doctors do. They help you gain access to your subconscious mind and help you heal yourself. Studies have shown that medication affects the same part of the brain as does the change in chemistry in the brain when you heal that inner pain. Medication and healing the inner part of your pain does the same thing, the same part of the brain. And therefore, you are the only one who can heal yourself. You find the block, you find the pain, and you hug your inner child. And you must do this every day. And you can do that healing by paying attention to the pain of the child and healing him or her by giving her an affirming hug, understanding and saying, oh, I know where that's coming from. I am with you. I'm here for you. I'll heal you. I'll embrace you. It only takes 10 to 15 seconds to heal the inner child. And then you move on then you carry on, you ground yourself, you center yourself, and you move on with your day. Now, there are more things we can do with the inner child. If you haven't got time because you're in the middle of a business meeting and someone says something to you and you must be in the moment, you must be present, then you ground yourself, you focus yourself by embracing your inner child and you move on. But sometimes you're able to have more time on your own with the inner child and you can take this even further. So you talk to the inner child, you embrace the child, and you say, come with me. I want to show you something. And you take the child to your beautiful place, Niagara Falls, the Swiss Alps, the orchard, the beach. And you walk along in this place with the child hand in hand. And you say, isn't this amazing? Isn't this beautiful? And you walk hand in hand with the child and you become one with the child because you are one with the child because that child is you. And you feel holistically, wholesomely, changed and transformed because you are being taken care of. Your emotional needs are finally being identified, being embraced, being recognized and they are being dealt with. And from the subconscious mind comes up this feeling of healing, of wholeness, of wholesomeness, of acceptance, of validation and you can walk wholly, wholesomely in the soul place without the pain. Now this takes constant work. This is not something that can be done only once. There are many incidents that have happened that cause the subconscious mind of that child to feel bad about himself or herself. And therefore you must go to all the incidents, but you will find that there's a common denominator of all those incidents. It's the same issue over and over again. It's reinforced, and it forms an opinion in the subconscious mind of that child that she or he is not good enough. And that's so enmeshed in the child, that is causing the block, which is not allowing the person to function fully and successfully in their up-to-date, modern, current life. Now there's one more thing we need to do with this inner child. After we go to the beautiful place, as we're walking along the road, the journey, the Swiss Alps, Niagara Falls, and we are experiencing this place together, we see someone familiar. It's the person who hurt us so many years ago. It's our father, our mother, our brother, our sister, a teacher, that bully at school, and we're walking up to that child or person with trepidation as we see them in this beautiful place. And we go up to them and we say, Hello? And they say, Hello? And now I want the inner child, coaxed by the adult, to tell the person how they feel. You know, so many years ago when you were teaching me, you were too critical, you were too hard on me, and it really hurt me. Do you know that? What does the other person say? Well, I I didn't realize, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. What do you say back? Well, how could you not know? You were so critical, so overbearing, so difficult. It caused me so much pain. I didn't realize, says the person. Now, your adult self will ask your child self, did that person really want to hurt you, or were they just unaware of what they were doing? They were caught up in the moment. Perhaps their parents taught them how to parent that way, and that's why they were continuing the cycle without thinking. But did they intend Did they want to be malicious and hurt you? And the child will say, well, I don't think they wanted to hurt me, but they did. Of course, there are some circumstances where the person is ill, and the child will say, well, I don't think the person was mean or malicious. The person just didn't realize what they were doing. Right. Now, what I want you to do is say, I forgive you, Dad. I forgive you, Mom. I know this is difficult because you're letting them go of culpability. You're letting them go of their responsibility, but you're not. What you're doing is you're letting go of the pain within yourself. And this pain must be released in order for you to access your true subconscious self and unleash your true potential. Get rid of the resentment. Let go of the pain by saying, you know, I understand that it must have been hard for you having had parents who didn't give you any self-esteem. It was hard for you to give me self-esteem. I understand that. And you're under financial pressure and marriage pressure with mom. I understand. You didn't mean it. I forgive you. And you need to say the words verbally out loud to forgive that person in your inner mind state, in your inner child state, in order to clear away the block, clear away the pain, and be able to move on. This is clearing the subconscious pain of the inner child. Now for homework, I want you to be able to go to the inner child state willingly every day for three minutes and go and access the inner child and and go to that inner child and tell the child you understand him or her you understand the pain, you're here for them, and you hug them and you nurture them, and do this every day for three minutes. Choose a moment when you're quiet, when you're alone in the morning or the evening, or in your office, and do it three minutes a day. And you will see that over time, you'll be able to feel more released, more liberated, more free, and a happier sense of self will permeate your being. Your sense of happiness, your inner calm, and contentment will rise. And you will feel like an albatross has been released from your shoulders and you'll become a more contented person. Now let us move on to technique number two in clearing away the pain of the emotional state of the soul state. And this is a different technique. And this involves the adult state and staying in the adult state. I am currently treating three teenagers, each grappling with a form of anxiety. Client one is 22 years old, an intelligent young man, who has thoughts of inadequacy and unworthiness. These thoughts are so ubiquitous that they plague him almost every waking hour. His inner dialogue is always telling him that others are better than him, learn better than him, and are making fun of him. Client number two is a 20-year-old student who is thinking negative thoughts, always in the negative mode. He thinks he's a bad person, and not fit to be in this world, not worthy. Client number three is a 27-year-old woman who has lost confidence in her ability to succeed as a mother and a wife. In all three cases, I use an experiential therapy technique where I review the respective client's personality strengths as we did on the wheel, and I ask the client to focus on these positive strengths And I ask the client to think positively about himself or herself based on this wheel, based on their talents, their abilities, and values. I ask the client to find within herself the place where her finest, warmest, most caring, highest attributes are centered. This is the core or essential self, the highest soul state self. One can bring themselves to consciousness of this place by placing thoughts of this In the mind at any particular point in time. One can bring themselves to consciousness of this place by placing thoughts of this in the mind at any particular point in time. You see each of us has sub personalities. Each individual has a personality of being a father, a husband, a son, an employee, an employer, positive, negative, happy, sad, there's a personality mindset that each person has, and you can call that up and put that into consciousness at will. Each individual has a personality of being a father, a husband, a son, an employee, an employer, positive, negative, happy, sad. You can choose from an array of personality traits and bring that into mind, bring that into consciousness, because you could only have one at a time. If you are choosing negativity and depression and anxiety, that is going to be your personality tray. If you're choosing positivity, happiness, rhapsody, then that's going to be your personality tray, and that's how you're going to interact with the world. So you can choose one, and I ask the client to choose their positive self, their positive soul state, and bring that to consciousness, and I want to talk to that person. It is amazing how a person can change her mood just by consciously putting herself in the positive mind tray of that sub personality. It is the creation of a positive mindset through mind control. I then ask the client, what percentage of time do you access your positive self during the day? The numbers vary between 10 to 50%. I then ask the client to place her negative thoughts in the empty chair in front of her and to have her positive self talk to the negative thoughts that are now in the chair. And that's what I want you to do right now. I want you to sit in a chair, and I want you to bring into consciousness your positive self. Take out your positive wheel, take out your who are you cards, place them in front of you, and bring to consciousness your positive thoughts, your positive traits, your positive abilities, your soul state, and I want to talk to that person. Are you there? Right. Welcome. How are you? Terrific. Now, put a chair opposite you. That's your negative self chair. You're sitting in the positive self chair. And opposite you in an empty chair is your negative self, your negative thoughts, your anxiety, your depression, your sadness, your critic, your negative self. The positive self is your soul state. The negative self is your alter ego. The positive might say, you know, negative self, you're getting me down. So please, leave me alone. Just get lost. Now you go ahead and do that yourself. I want you to talk to the negative self and tell the negative self what you think about her. Now, after you say that statement, stand up, go into the negative chair, and I want you to become the negative self. I want you to transform yourself and become and start thinking like the negative mindset that often plagues you. Now I ask your negative self, answer your positive self. Look at your positive self in that empty chair across and answer your positive self. What would the negative self say? It probably would say something like this. Listen, I am part of you. I am here to stay. I am not leaving. So get a life. Now get up, go to the positive chair, become the positive mindset now and answer that negative self. The positive self might say, but you're not helping me. Why do you insist on putting me down? Why do you want to break me? Why do you want to criticize me? Now get up and go to the negative chair. What would the negative self say? Listen to the negative self. It may say something like this. Well, I'm protecting you from getting a swelled head. I'm doing you a favor. I'm keeping you in check. I don't want you to get conceited so I keep you in check by putting you down. Now get up, go to the positive chair. What would the positive self say? He would say, I don't call criticism overbearing and putting me down protection. Now get up and go to the negative self. What would he say? Well, by criticizing you, I'm keeping you humble. Now go back to your positive self and go back and forth until you have integration, until you have control over your negative thoughts. Now, if there is a stalemate and you cannot get control of your negative thoughts, and here's where I come in and help the positive self tame the negative self. Here's what I say. Listen. Tell the negative self that you are experiencing negativity and negative thoughts which are coming from your negative blocked self. And you are a messenger from the universe, a messenger from God, just as my positive self is a messenger from the universe, a messenger from God. And I want to remind you that the rules of the universe are that you cannot give admonition and rebuke to somebody unless it's going to be positive, unless it's going to be constructive, unless it's going to build. And therefore, you are violating a basic law of the universe You're violating a basic law of God by putting me down, criticizing me, and using negativity, which is crushing me. This is against natural law. It's against God's law, and you cannot do that anymore. Say that to your negative self. Now get up, or the negative self say. He'd say, you and which army are going to stop me? Now go back to your positive self. I'll tell you. The law of the universe and God's law are going to stop you. I have been letting you get away with murder until now. You've been putting me down and I've enabled you. I've allowed you to do it. It's going to stop and it's going to stop now. Now get up, go to your negative chair. What would the negative self say? He'd say, I've never heard you speak that way before. The positive self would say, well, I am now. You better get used to it. In this fashion, you can bring out the dialogue where you can hear the words of your negative self, which are now outside of you, and you can then control them. Now, back in your positive chair, you say to your negative self, when giving me criticism or rebuke, you have to be constructive in a way which can be heard and accepted by me. And I have news for you. Until now, you have not been speaking to me in a constructive fashion and it is no longer acceptable. I will no longer let you get away with it. Negative self says, too bad. Positive self says, wrong again. You are a messenger and must abide by the laws of the universe, a representative of God, as I am, and this will no longer do. Either you speak to me in accordance with the laws of the universe, with the laws of God, or I will have to report you to a higher authority for breaking the universal laws of decency. Well, the negative self says, "Hmm, I didn't realize you felt so strongly about this. I mean, I thought that since you've always taken my comments without responding, you sort of liked the way I spoke to you. It's for your own good, you know. Go back to your positive self. That's enough. It is not for my own good. I will no longer accept this. Do you agree to criticize me with positive language and constructive encouragement? Like you can do this, only modify your behavior somewhat and you can get along. Negative self says, well, if you insist. Back to your positive self, yeah, I insist. Negative self says, okay, okay, you don't have to get pushy about it. Now, these types of dialogues with your own negative self vary in content and intensity. You can have this dialogue on your own or have it with a guided counselor or therapist or you can call me and I'll help you through it. The idea is you can put your negative self in its place by realizing that the negative self is not you. It's outside of you. You, the real you, the soul state, the choosing self, the spiritual center, has the power to control your inner dialogue. This experiential technique gives you a way to identify and deal with these put-downs and to begin controlling them instead of letting them control you. That is the purpose of therapy. If your head is churning with internal dialogue and turmoil, then the thoughts control you. When you speak them out and analyze them, they become exposed, and you control them. Through this experiential technique, you can give yourself an empowered feeling of letting your positive self overcome and control your negative self and keep yourself in a state of equilibrium, equanimity, and wholesomeness. This is the end of lecture number three.